It's DTS 183 and Bungie is back from their break looking towards 2018. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. Welcome to Destiny The Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I am BBK Dragoon. I'm joined as always by my great co-host Diddy. What is up, man? We're now cranking along into 2018. How's work going? How's life? Work is super crazy. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're picking up. We've got some nice uh, milestones for uh, our company in 2018 that we uh, have to grind out some public events to... Oh, wait, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, we, we've got some nice goals. Um, since uh, last year, I, I did start the new job. I'm about six months into it right now, and it's uh, it's going really well. That's good to hear, man. That's very good to hear. And the poodles? Poodles are they're awesome. Uh, we are... Uh, finishing up with Whiskey's Manners 2 class. That's uh, just uh, continuing obedience. Um, and after that, at our training center, we're allowed to do more recreational um, dog sports like agility and rally, which is uh, competitive healing. There's also nose work where they have to find a scent within, in a room. And then um, agility, they, they kind of wait because you have to have a better handle on the dogs. And whiskey is only six months old mm-hmm. uh so his his growth plates are not fully formed yet so they want to wait for those to fully form before he does all the jumps and everything dude that's so cool i know what agility is but what was the thing competitive healing what, what was that called it's called rally um you get in you go into a ring or whatever there's, there's a course right there's a uh, signs laid down on the ground or uh-huh. propped up yeah and they have different um, healing exercises throughout the ring. So it's a course that you walk through with your dog hmm. and they have to stay with you. They do stays, downs. Uh, there's sometimes a jump involved. Um, there's like turns and everything and they have to stay with you the whole time. It's uh, it's actually really fun. It's pretty cool. I hope you know I am picturing the dog in the co-pilot seat saying left three minus over <laughs> right six crest as you're like rallying through the woods. So that was the image that popped into it. Yep, that's pretty exact. That's pretty much exactly what it is. I knew it. Oh, totally. (laughs) So this week is going to be probably a quick show. Bungie has returned, or they are in the course of returning from the holiday hiatus from the TWAB, the annual ritual where they, uh, you know, we we don't get an update for a couple of weeks, two three weeks, but they are in the house back. And this Thursday will be the first TWAB. We're recording this Monday, so you guys will know before we do and before we talk to you next time what they are going to discuss. Obviously, it's going to be. a pivotal few weeks to see how they uh, interact with us the next, you know, I would say month to six weeks, what we can expect coming down the pipeline. So we're, we, we'll speculate a, a bit, Diddy, but cut us some slack, guys. It's been three and a half weeks with no real news. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about some leaks from the database. Looks like Crimson Days might be making a return, Diddy. So we'll get to Ooh. talk about that. You are like one of 10 people I remember. You loved that, didn't you? The Heartbreaker buff thing. <laughs> Dude, uh, the original Crimson Days in Destiny 1 uh, a couple years ago, not last year's, the year before that, Crimson Doubles was my jam. And yeah. 8-Bit Nacho, we, we wrecked faces, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, cool. We'll have to explain for those who weren't around, because I think it only made a singular appearance. We get to recap what mm-hmm. it was and uh, talk about what's coming back with it. So, let's hop into the news. Ooh. 
Why don't we just start with Crimson Days right now, Diddy? So this was sort of a Valentine's Day themed event, and this was back in 2016. So our first sort of year of experiencing live events. We had Festival of the Lost, we had SRL, and then we had Crimson Doubles. And I'm going to read here from the old Crimson Double page. The only Crimson Doubles game mode will be available for a limited time. It was just a week. Launch Crimson Doubles via the Featured Activities section, and essentially it was 2v2, and the Broken Heart buff was in effect. So if your teammate falls to the opposite in Crimson Doubles, you will be infused with the power of Broken Heart. In your vengeful state, you will be faster on the draw and much quicker to recover from any damage you take. Use this boost to avenge your partner and keep your dreams of victory alive. The Broken Heart buff will last until you revive your fallen comrade, until the round ends, or until you fall in combat yourself. Diddy, this is where the chocolate ghost came from. I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah, it is. And... Man, that Crimson Doubles playlist was probably my favorite playlist ever in Destiny PvP. Uh, I've actually got, we might be able to link it, you know, shameless self-promotion. I have a, a montage of clips that I got from that playlist uh, where I used only the No Land Beyond and Sidearm, which at the time that combo was just stupid. And <laughs> it was like no one was doing it. And I'm a, I'm a hipster, a Destiny hipster, but uh, it was it was just a ton of fun, right? And I, I've got some clips, and it's really nice that I think you know it's got some nice music, but it was just so much fun because the the Crimson buff, oh my god, the Broken Heart buff was way overpowered, right? It just made you extremely difficult to kill, and it was just a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. And the lovely loot associated with it. They had the Crimson Connection, which are candies, and when you ate it, they share a Crimson Connection with all other members of the fire team, boosting your experience gain on all equipped weapons for 30 minutes. Back then, you had to level your weapons up. You know, Motes of Light, got to remember those. That was kind of fun when you get the new gear, and you just went, no, no, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to burn through all <laughs> these motes. Chocolate Ghost, two new shaders, a little emblem, and then there was a sparkly, like, candy pink and red ghost. Okay, so the reason we're talking about all this, I almost forgot. In the database, we have four new exotic ornaments that have been data mined that have been added to the old backend API, and they have the same logo of Crimson Days, the Crimson Days icon. You know, on the upper left-hand corner of the gear, you can sort of see what mm -hmm. era it belongs to, like right. TTK or Christopher Cyrus, that kind of thing. So that emblem is sitting on the ornaments. Hmm. Do you think it's returning, Diddy? You know, probably, right? It's it's probably going to happen, um, but it is... I'm very cautious about this. It's like, I almost don't want it to happen because, you know, with their reputation, Bungie's, you know, track record right now with live events and the Eververse, if it's anything like the Dawning, it's not going to be great. Community will riot more than they already have. I'm just thinking about the timing. So season three is going to go live beginning of March, right? Should. Yeah, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Crimson Days is pretty tightly associated with kind of a Valentine Valentine's Day themed event, which mm -hmm. is February. So I don't know if it will be an event that takes place outside of a season three kind of transfer. The timing just seems a little off to me. Yeah, it is interesting on the timing. Um it's almost, 
it is it is a really awkward stage because we're just getting back from the the bungee holiday break, right? What type of update could they do between now and season three and the next DLC that would you know give us a quote unquote fresh new content for Destiny Two to make us you know continue to play? And Crimson Days kind of fills that role naturally, um, but is it going to be enough? Who knows? Maybe it will arrive before season three, because if that Gods of Mars leak that we talked about last week, the timing of it, if it's legit, and by the way, that leak, a ton of people are like, yeah, it's been debunked. It was totally Photoshopped. Yeah, well, we know a second DLC is coming sometime in the spring. So that was the point of our discussion wasn't on the validity of each of those features. But what I'm saying is maybe you have Crimson Days going live February with season three and then the you know second expansion coming the following month in March or in April. I mean, if they didn't want to tie it to Valentine's, then they could do a late February launch for Crimson Days, and then the next week is Season 3 launch, which would be the first week of March, and then the week after Season 3 launches is the DLC 2. That would be uh, three weeks of, you know, rollouts of updates. Yeah, I could maybe see that. I want to pivot here then to... Cosmo returning to Bungie, but we want to offer him a huge congratulation because why, Diddy? He's a baby daddy. That's right. He has a new (laughs) baby girl. He's been out of the office getting to play dad for a while. I imagine, I think this is probably his first child. So huge congratulations out to you, Cosmo. I hope it was a uh, awesome few weeks with your family and that, you know, fatherhood is good we hope you get some sleep soon (laughs) yeah that's what needed to be said well they probably i don't know with newborns but when is like the you don't get sleep period is that like all of the first year and a half or uh i'm not the person to ask i'm not a father myself you have fuzzy children you have i've got fuzzy children and they can walk at like two weeks so i i cannot complain (laughs) yeah dmgo4 thanks for holding down the fort in the interim and so referring back to Deej's tweets earlier this week, I think it was on January 3rd, Deej tweeted, um, had many of uh, had my first of many meetings in 2018 with Christopher Bayer today to talk about how we'll follow up on these promises. That conversation will continue next week once my community partners are back in the saddle and will include all of you soon after. Onward. So when he says the conversation will continue next week when the community partners get back, I think he's referring to Cosmo getting back. And then he said it will include all of you soon after. This Thursday, I do not expect to hear concrete details. I expect to hear, No. I just got back to the office. I'm catching up with uh, your feedback, guys. Next week, we'll have some concrete things. So Yeah, which is super disappointing. I mean, first communication back after all of this, I really don't, I really think that they need some concrete details, right? They need to present, this is what we're doing. This is the game plan, right? I don't care if they change their mind a week later. I want to hear a game plan because it's it's time to go. We're waiting. Let's let's do this thing. Yeah. Uh, I, before I forget, Diddy, you and I had a conversation in the pre-show. I'm throwing it back to Crimson Days because we didn't even discuss the <laughs> possibility of 2v2 would work in Destiny 2. I only think two maps could work with 2v2. Endless mm. Veil and the Dead Cliffs. That's all I wanted to say on Crimson Days. So now let's get back to what you were saying. Well, one thing's for certain, Diddy, I do not envy the position of a community manager right now. <laughs> I don't know what you can do between uh, now and Expansion 2 that's going to 
appease the community i maybe just how do you need now how do you eat an elephant it's one bite at a time <laughs> so let's yeah. just start with what you can knock out and what you can't knock out be like hey this is one of those things that's going to take us six months or so you know to, to totally overhaul end game yeah and it's all about the the way it's communicated, right? Yeah. Let's think back to the State of Destiny 2 post and the fact that they said that they're going to commit to better communication. That starts now. This week, the TWAB needs to have clear communication about, hey, this is what we want to do, this is what we can't do, or this is what we're not doing until later, and why. Yeah. They can't just sweep things under the rug and be vague, like, hey, we're listening to your feedback, we're going to sit down with some developers and we got some meetings next week to talk about these things and we'll get you an update later. Uh, that's not going to be good enough in my opinion. It's it, let's, let's have them eat their words or whatever the phrase is and, you know, own up to that commitment to better communication because it's, it's really the why, right? That we have never known. It's if they say oh, we're not doing this, they never say why, and it's it's frustrating just to not hear that clear and detailed communication from from a developer. Case in point, 6v6. They've gone out of their way to not mention the phrase 6v6. And if we don't get PvP stuff talked about very, very soon, it's going to be bad. Because uh, <laughs> trials numbers are hemorrhaging. They've fallen off a cliff. If I had a perfect situation, it'd be like, hey guys, we hear that you really, really would like faster time to kills and you enjoyed 6v6 a little bit more. We're going to work towards that reality instead of just ignoring it altogether. Does, does that make sense? I don't think I phrased it as well as I wanted to. It just seems like so many people have yelled and screamed. There was something about D1's PvP that was more fun that's missing now. Why can't we talk about it? Yeah, and even something like, hey, we made this design decision for Destiny 2 Vanilla. Based on your feedback, we're going to take another look on our stance on this. Mm -hmm. An example would be, you know, just hypothetical, uh, the 4v4 decision, right? They've they've explained why they went 4v4, but they never, you know, why can't we also have 6v6 as well? I, I would say they can address that issue directly, right? They they this is no time for hinting right now it's we need just direct communication and it's i don't know i don't think we should set our expectations that high this week but unfortunately and next week we'll hopefully have some details from the developers yeah well you mentioned something to me in the pre-show that i thought was pretty spot on we've sort of shifted the conversation away of you know, can can they fix this feature? Can they fix that feature? And now it's more on, are they even capable of fixing it? It was a statement like that, right? Yeah, so my, my main point was, it's based on your video that you released later, earlier this week, um, that when the game gets to a point where the community stops making suggestions as to how they can fix things, and they start to question, can the developer or is the developer capable of fixing it? It's That is a very important change in the community's perception of a product, right? It, it doubts the people maintaining the product, right? It doesn't doubt the product itself. Like, oh, they can do better, right? We've seen them do better before. 
last four months, we have not seen them do better or improve on their product that they released in September. And it's starting, you know, to seriously, you know, doubt the community is starting to seriously doubt the capabilities of the people maintaining this product. And it's, it's a scary turn to make uh, in the life cycle of that product. Yeah. I mean, four and a half months, five months after it launches and it's all the headlines are negative. It's, yeah. it's not a good state. Something drastic needs to happen. And it's not like we're rooting against them at every corner. We would really like to see them succeed. We would really like to see Destiny succeed. For three and a half years, there's this world that has immense potential. I bet you if you pulled like every listener of DTS, it'd be like a 99%. Do you think Destiny has potential? And I bet it would be like unanimous. Yeah, this world has so much potential. There's so much cool and unique about it. One of the things that I did this week for the first time in since august and september um i played destiny one i booted up the old xbox and hopped on my destiny one characters and just played some strikes and if you guys still have destiny one i really 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 encourage you like little dts homework go play some of it (laughs) i had a phenomenal time just playing some heroic strikes and their strike scoring and your abilities are coming up and your supers feel tuned really nicely. I've got bounties popping. I then am receiving post-match rewards. There's a skeleton key, so I'm gonna open that chest at the end for the strike-specific loot. And what's that? A record book node pops at the same time. It was a nice clear picture that um, D1 definitely improved over its three-year lifespan, definitely. Destiny 2 could do it, my faith is not in that place, though. The Division did it, so maybe there is is definitely hope. But go check out D1 again, man. And it just It's a good reminder of, like, yeah, there really was something quite special here. So there's my, my yeah, two cents on I, it. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I mean, I myself have not gone back to Destiny 1 yet uh, just because I've, I've been playing other games. But, yeah, and those those moments do bring us back to the conversation of... Well, yeah, Destiny One is a finished is more of a finished product than Destiny Two was, and then of course we restart that all those conversations all over again that we had at launch. Like, why did Destiny Two, blah blah blah, and it's just, you know, it's just the state we have right now. Progress needs to be made. We can't keep going backwards, and we can't keep doing the same thing because it's obviously just not working. Yeah. So, interesting turn of events. Jason Schreier was on the Destiny Tracker podcast. Shoutouts. Awesome, awesome group of folks are there. Destiny Tracker. And Jason Schreier, who we've talked about a bunch on the show over the last, you know, three years, his sort of inside sources at Bungie have given him kind of scoops before they were known. And for the most part, his track record has been ridiculously accurate. Talking about the reboot of Destiny 1. Well, he was talking, once again, about the reboot of Destiny 2. Kind of bringing it more to the limelight. I forgot about this, but we talked about it on a show almost two years ago. There was a rumor that Destiny 2 was rebooted midway through development. They basically swapped the the, the main leadership staff up, giving Luke Smith kind of the reins of Destiny 2. And again, this is, I think, before we even knew about Rise of Iron. So it would would have been about two years ago. Mm -hmm. That came back into sort of the limelight because of what Jason Schreier said on the Destiny Tracker podcast. We'll link that on our website, destinytheshow.com, for you to take a listen to. But it does sound like halfway through the development for Destiny 2, according to Schreier, Bungie had to reboot the whole thing. It wasn't going the direction that they wanted to. Deja Vu reminds us a lot of Destiny 1. 
but he commented about the original vision, potentially including most of the content from Destiny 1. And all of a sudden, when you think about that reboot, and you're like, okay, why did they get rid of all this old content, and why do we lose our weapons? Why do we have all this big thematics of the tower getting destroyed? And you're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense if it were true. And I point this out, Diddy, for the concept of what if they were to bring back a lot of the old locations, nodes, and activities in Destiny 2? That's not necessarily the solution that the game needs, but it would be kind of a, you know, I thought it was a total pipe dream, and now it maybe seems like it isn't. I mean, it's still probably pretty far-fetched, but what do you think? I mean, I think that would be a really great idea. How they approach it would make or break Bungie as a company for me, in my opinion. I think they if they did that they cannot sell it to us it would have to be free they they could not sell it as an expansion or an update or a dlc or whatever that that would be just absolutely ridiculous because they're giving back content again at a price point that would be a very poor decision in my opinion do you think they need to put development or not development, but put their expansion sale windows on hold while they try and earn player sentiment back. I'm talking more delays, I know. But instead of what we probably assume is going to happen, March we get expansion two, and then this September we're going to get some kind of Taken King-like thing. Why? Because Destiny 2's cycle looks almost identical to Destiny 1 so far. I, as I mean, a player, the, uh, don't feel ready to buy more stuff in this state that the game is in. Exactly. And I am I will put money on the table that you're not the only one that has that opinion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that say the only reason I'm playing DLC 2 is because I got the expansion pass. I've already paid for it, right? Yeah. And that's the only reason they're going to play it, right? I don't see DLC winning back a lot of people who have not already paid for it or earning new uh, players who have never touched Destiny before. Obviously, the the content cycle is is identical to Destiny One launch. Uh, the the key moments are going to be one the launch date of DLC two, and if they stick to it, of course, depending on what that content is, would also make or break. But two would be a summer update. We have never seen a summer update in Destiny ever, right? Mm-hmm. I'm excluding House of Wolves because House of Wolves was supposedly going to be around that March, April launch date, but they pushed it back a little bit to kind of quote unquote fix it. Right. That was the April update that we mm-hmm. got in year two of destiny one or year one uh, after destiny one launched. But after that, like we had the taken King and that was for a year until rise of iron and there was no summer update. And if there's a summer update this year, that'll break the cycle. That'll show there's going to be more content coming to Destiny 2, but of course it depends on what's in that content that you know would make it a higher quality product or not. Yeah. We're currently on like week three. If you go to the Bungie forums, it's just text wall after text wall of remove Eververse posts. I mean, it's <laughs> there's a dedicated group of people who are, are voicing their opinions very strongly in there. So there's... Why like is said, it... Why is it hashtag remove Eververse and not hashtag neververse? <laughs> That's what I've been wondering this whole time. Why can't we just do hashtag neververse? Yeah. I mean, it, it just flows a little bit better. Semantics, whatever. 
<laughs> if they aren't going to hit their sales metrics and the drop-off rate of players engaging with the franchise goes south, and then you have them going to Activision and saying, hey, our player base really wants us to shift Eververse and make it less of a priority, less of a, a centerpiece within the game, I just don't see how Activision is going to look kindly upon that, especially after they've now expanded the studio to, what, like 800-plus people, 900-some-odd people, and yeah. again... two other companies. Yeah, I mean, it makes it even more crazy to think about if they were going to delay anything. It's a hard... I think this is a real pickle. You're a real pickle, Bungie, and I don't envy being a community manager having to write a post this Thursday, but <laughs> I wish you luck. I hope you guys succeed, and I hope you can find a way to... Uh, smooth things over the quarter four investor earnings call will be early february last year's was february 9th i don't think you're going to hear anything concrete from activision <laughs> regarding this stuff it's not like i we mean, never really have right? no the only People time i think about it is um, calls, infinite yeah. warfare when infinite warfare's mm -hmm. like youtube video was the most disliked ever and even then they, they didn't make it that big of a deal in their call yeah, I mean, people look at the earnings calls to find new new details about the next Destiny expansions. We've never heard rumors or drops or leaks from that. It's yeah. it's just talking about what happened last quarter, right? They're you know, but you know, whatever. I we'll, I we'll can parody we'll hear, every we'll single investor earnings call ever with Activision Blizzard, and it's always Overwatch has so many players, and our <laughs> attachment rates are the best ever, and Overwatch League is about to take over the esports world, which it actually is because Overwatch League just started, right? Yeah, it, and apparently it's not as big as a flop as we thought it would be. It's going pretty well. Once I saw like the team skins. And how yes. much work they're doing with the observing, it actually is really quite elegant to watch. It still kind of looks like a giant balls of mayhem when you have a big <laughs> team fight. But you can sort of be like, oh, right, the black and green team is the outlaws. And I don't even know the color schemes of the other teams. But it, it was a lot. It, during the World either. Cup, it was easy to watch, you know. Yeah. First-person shooters are hard to spectate in terms of an eSport because I mean we've seen it before and they've seen it successful but it's not like League of Legends or Dota or anything it's not a top-down strategy minded game it's you know whatever but I, I think the best part about Overwatch League is Monty he's my favorite caster of all time yeah. when he did League of Legends I always watched his streams and he's just he's a really I really like his personality his his on-air personality and it's it's really nice it's it's always entertaining to to hear him cast Doa, Doa came with him, right? He's casting? Yes. Over, okay, cool. Yeah, Mani and Doa are hands down the best casting duo of any game, right? There was a, a video, I'm just going to tangent here real quick, about Doa. My first encounter with Doa was um, he, had to sit, he had to fill in a caster desk for a game he had no knowledge of. And it was it's the funniest cast ever. Maybe I'll send you a link. It's, it is so <laughs> funny. He's like... And the and he's casting with people who know the game, right? So they think it's hilarious. He's like, and so the the green guy is, oh, okay, he just he just did a, a hook and oh, he deleted the other guy. All right, so they're gonna move in. Nope, they're not doing that. Okay, enemy's doing this, and it was just, it's hilarious. He has no idea what he's talking about, but he he does his best. If you put that in the show notes, I'll put that on the the website destinytheshow.com. Right. I'll find it. Feeling old, man. I saw Monty and Doa back when they were casting StarCraft II for OGN in Korea. This is like now six and a half, seven years ago. All right, man. Where can people find your content? 
twitter.com slash diddy dts d-i-t-t-y dts and youtube.com slash whooshness w-o-o-o-s-h-n-e-s-s all the links and more from today at destinytheshow.com please follow us on twitter at destinytheshow for the latest updates and when our new shows go live we tweet it out join the conversation on our discord at discord.me slash destinytheshow you can follow me on youtube and twitter at bbkdragoon and soon to be Twitch again, actually, in the somewhat near future. Ooh, yes. it. So thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy that post this Thursday, and I'm looking forward to talking about it with you and Diddy next week. Ooh.